Welcome back to the Common Sense Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Timothy Crumley, and I'm here uh, with Emma Cranston. And uh, we are going to jump in. This is the first episode in our series of talking about specific cases, um, not necessarily related to our clients or caseloads, but uh, uh, talking about more micro interpersonal dynamics, uh, talking about different context, examples, situations that are going to be presented to us, either by our listeners or people that we either know privately. Um, there may be cases from our practices with proper permission and releases, but uh, basically talking about different interpersonal issues and how we might advise uh, somebody in terms of navigating that. So uh, you can also refer back to our last podcast episode that talked about this transition in our format and what this would look like. But uh, first, here's a little bit more about our group. The Common Sense Wellness Network is a group of practitioners comprised mainly of mental health counselors, social workers, and nurse practitioners serving clients within New York State. We are primarily a tele-based practice, although we do also offer in-person services, and we've been in operation since the summer of 2018. You can find out more about us on our website at www.commonsensemh.com. Thanks. Thank you for joining us again. Good to see you, Emma. Yeah. Good to see you. It's been a minute. It has. It has. So yeah, we'll jump into our new series, uh, talking about different situations and contexts, uh, uh, navigating dynamics into personal issues. And we do have an example to share. Um, we do. Yes. So this was actually shared with me. So um, Emma, we were just talking about this, but uh, I'll share the breakdown of mm-hmm. this example. Uh, this was from a personal contact, not from my client's practice. Um, I do have permission to share it without any identifying info. So I'll do that. But I think, and I I liked this one, well, not like that it happened, but I like this one because it seems very pertinent to things my clients are navigating. Um, Mm -hmm. And it has a little bit of COVID, it has a little bit of boundaries, it has a little bit of, of, uh, you know, uh, just other dynamics within this particular friendship that was presented to me. It's spicy. It's spicy, yeah. A little bit of spice to it. But 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 in all seriousness, um, you know, I think there's some some thoughts around how somebody could navigate something like yeah. this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I, and I don't think my, my friend here was alone. So um, there's some backstory. So we'll do a general um, kind of case summary. And yeah, Emma, ask questions along the way of anything Perfect. that I'm not sharing. So what was shared with me was, so this person had a very close friend with them that they were close friends with locally. Um, this was up in, uh, actually up, up in New York. And uh, they um, were close friends with this person. I think they told me maybe around like seven, eight years. And mm-hmm. they're in their early 30s, around our age. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, but they were close friends with this person for a long time. And they were sharing that over the last couple of years, the the boundaries and the nature of the friendship was maybe shifting that they had a pretty good sort of groove with each other um they were close but um i think they spent a lot of time together was what my friend was was sharing but um they were close but like it worked very well for them in terms of like shared interests like they saw each other it sounded like you know kind of like on a weekly basis just you know they were close kind of like an ease to the friendship it was an ease to their friendship. Yeah, that that's how it was being presented to me, that things were kind of even keel, um, agreed on a lot of issues, like they just, they jived, right? Um, so then apparently in the last couple of years, um, they were reporting that, the, that there were some issues around boundaries. So issues where they were um, maybe being expected to engage in the friendship a bit more than they had mm-hmm. previously, like... Um, so my, my friend was sharing, for example, like near the end, it was essentially like an expectation that they like hang out daily, 
they hang out all the time. Um, which, you know, which, I mean, and close friends can do that. And that's, you know, I've had friends I've done that with. But, um, but like, to the extent where, like, if they couldn't hang out, there might be some dynamics around that. So the my, way my friend put it was, it was hard to say no in the friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was getting hard to say no. And if they did, there was a lot of, like, questioning, well, like, what's going on? Well, why not? Um, also, they were presenting... Sorry to interrupt. This feels like those instances where folks will talk about, like, walking on eggshells. Walking on eggshells. Like, yes. You know, like, I can't say no. I'm stuck here. I have to... You know, if I want to say no, I have to think really hard about how I'm going to say no to, quote-unquote, yes. justify it. Yes. Okay. Yes. Justifying boundaries, right? Mm-hmm. Like, not having trouble mm-hmm. setting the boundary, but not also feeling like I'm going to have to, like, present a case in order to do yeah. so. The kind yes. of courtroom dynamics, right? Oh, um, Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> so that part, and again, I have clients that navigate this in various mm-hmm. ways and different relationships. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, so talking about that and noting that, yeah, they were really struggling with that and with the walking on eggshells. Um, and then... Um, Oh gosh, what else? Oh, and then also there was a lot of, um, they were saying that the, that the friendship was really rigid too. So the expectations were really rigid. Like, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I'm making this up. This wasn't an example that he shared with me, but, um, you know, we're going to have dinner at 5.30 p.m. Oh, well, I get out of work at 5. I might get I might get there closer to 5.45. Okay, well, dinner starts at 5.30. Okay. Oh. Okay. You know, and kind of like, you know, you could, you know, you could be late or you could, you know, that may not work, but like, there would be like you know the person would not there be happy. About negotiation. It. Yeah, right? like the, it was very dictatorial. This see, is what's happening, or else. It sounds like there was not a lot of negotiation, right? Mm-hmm. That that's what I was gathering. Um, and I'm actually blanking on the examples that they shared because they did share a few. But um, yeah, but essentially along those lines, like you had yeah. to be, you know, and this person was also very punctual, right? Which I mean, you know, of course, if you're chronically late or very late for things, that can be its own issue but um but to the point where like so like one example this this friend shared with me that i am thinking of right now um and then i'll get to the main issue is uh there was one point where they um they would do like a lot of walks together right so they would like do a lot of like exercising together and he he was sharing with me that there was one point where um he was uh late for a walk that they had scheduled and he was three minutes late and he says to me he goes i know i was three minutes late because whenever i was running late with this person i could feel it like i'm driving fast i'm panicking like I'm like really getting like worked up because I know that this is usually a problem if I'm late for things. So he, he's, he's like, I'm pulling into, you know, where this person lives um, to meet to meet them. And I know I'm three minutes late because I was watching the clock, you know, very closely. They get there and their friend had left without them, had gone on the walk without them. And so so they realize this. they realize their friend's not home and they um, proceed to message their friend and say, hey, like, you know, where are you? And their friend said, oh, I, I already started. And and so my friend was sharing with me. He goes, he goes, you know, Tim, I, I almost I almost left. And of course, as a therapist, I'm, I'm sitting here like and I said, well, why didn't you? Like, absolutely. I mean, they did. Yeah. yeah and well, they, I don't mean that in the like tit for tat way, but like, OK, this is the boundary they said. If we are not going to be at the exact same time, like very, very punctual, we're leaving. OK, so you've missed the boat. Head on out. Yeah, why not? Then I guess we don't. Then I guess we don't. And like in my in my head, I'm like this like prime boundary moment, right? Like this yeah. is. And again, I'm not saying what one should or shouldn't do. There's not a right or wrong per se, but like 
given how rigid that is and the impact that's having for you, it sounds like you also need to set a boundary and go, well, then I guess we're not walking today. Have fun. Exactly. You know, exactly. Maybe we can schedule. If it's a one-off, we can give a lot more flexibility, right? Like, oh, okay, mm. they were navigating some of their own whatever. Okay, I can I can be understanding. Yeah. But just the fact that your friend is already identifying the spike in anxiety the second they're, you know, one minute plus late, mm-hmm. it's been enough of a dynamic that it's already exhausting. It's already impacting yeah. Just like their stress levels in general. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And kind of noting their own needs in that, right? So that ties, yeah. ties back to boundaries. Yep. Like, how is this impacting your needs? And mm-hmm. if you're having the speed to get there and you're, you know, heightened and sweating over the clock and now, now, so then, so this is what my friend explained. He goes, so the other option would be to like run and catch up with them, which is what they ended up doing. They actually jogged and they caught up to where this person was. And apparently, so my friend was saying that he, what he was planning on doing was when he caught up, he was going to basically kind of chew her out and say, you know, Hey, listen, like what, like what the hell? <laughs> like why, why did you just do yeah, like, like, come on, like, it's, can we, you know, so he was going to try to address it then. He said that when he caught up, this person was having some upsetting issue with their work, and they were actually on the phone with, it's not, I guess, according to him, I think it was with this person's dad or something, but was on the phone with their, their parent or their dad, um, complaining about this work issue, and was, like, visibly upset and crying, and, and so the focus was then, so then when that friend got off the phone my friend didn't feel like they could really address it because it was, you know, they're so upset about this other thing. So they were basically engaged in a support role around that issue and they didn't really address it with them. And my friend explained that there were various examples of this that happened throughout, especially in more recent years in in the friendship. But but here's the situation. So I haven't even gotten to the the gold here. So so my, my friend shares with me, and I think I have most of these details down, um, so they were, um, and I guess they were saying that they had had some conversations around boundaries. And like I said, there's been some other examples here, but there was an afternoon and I, it sounded like this was maybe this past September. So September of 2023, roughly. Um, so their friend had come down with COVID, had gotten a, a pretty, sounded like a pretty serious case of COVID. They were getting really crappy symptoms and they were um my friend was describing that that it kind of turned very quickly they found out they were positive and then like were really struggling um does, does your i don't know if you know this but does your friend's friend mm-hmm. live solo oh yes so so okay. his his friend lives solo his friend is not partnered per his report and then he is partnered so he has a partner okay. So just to clarify okay. that too. I um, mean, it's just the two of them. So like my my friend doesn't have any kids. So there's no other people involved in that. So mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Um, yep. So uh, yeah. So his, his friend's getting sick. And so he, my friend was explaining that. Okay. So yeah. So they're, they're getting sick and um, uh, they had had discussions between him, his partner. So my friend's partner and mm-hmm. this problematic friend um, mm-hmm. had discussions about helping them get some groceries that that day um so because my yeah my friend my friend was saying that his friend hadn't you know they it was like the timing of their grocery trip or whatever so they were running low on food whatever so um yeah so basically hey we can go pick up groceries send us a list you know you can reimburse us later whatever and we'll drop it off at your house where we'll bring it to you um yeah like a very caring nice thing to do yeah right and that's you know and that's very typical covid dynamics too right you hope you know Mm -hmm. go pick up things or whatever so um yeah so that makes sense so they were going to do that and then my friend was talking about how as the day was progressing, um, and they were they were also at work. Um, so they were at work, and um, as they're navigating their own work tasks and doing that, they're getting text messages from this friend. And basically what, what my friend, uh, what they explained was that this friend of theirs was 
basically insinuating, not directly asking, my friend was very clear on that, they didn't directly ask this, but they were very clearly insinuating that they needed them, as in my friend, to drive them to a pharmacy, again, their friend is sick with COVID, drive mm-hmm. them to a pharmacy so that the, the, their friend could walk into the pharmacy with COVID, oh. see, see a medical provider that apparently was at this pharmacy, um, so that they could then get medication to treat COVID. And now, it's most people who have had COVID, and I've had pretty serious COVID myself mm-hmm. over the last year, um, you know, usually what you do is you meet with a teleprovider. They go through a whole slew of questions. Um, if you've had recent blood work, they look at that maybe. But then aside from that, they write your prescription. You pay them 100, 200 bucks, or hopefully your insurance covers it. And then you can go pick up, a prescri- you can go pick up the prescription at your local pharmacy and you do it from home. And um, I imagine... I, I presume picking up a COVID medication is similar to most any other medication. It does not have to be the patient. That's like my it, understanding. Right. 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 Like a loved one can pick yes. up said prescription yes. for the patient. So maybe even the patient doesn't have to. Yes, that's right. And so my friend made that point too. He was like, well, I can go and you know get it with the groceries. Like it's not, you know, we would totally yeah. go get the prescription. But what, yeah. what my friend was struggling with was a, you know, this is, this is his own exposure, right? He doesn't want to expose himself to COVID. But what he kept yeah. emphasizing was like, I'm going to be facilitating this person walking into a, a drugstore knowing they have COVID. I mean, people walk around with COVID all the time and don't know it. That's a yes. different issue. And if you don't have symptoms and you're not symptom, I mean, that's, you know, but mm-hmm. yeah, like, you know, so. It's kind of a big no-no still. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, that's my thought. Don't do that, you know? <laughs> so just to pause there for a second. So that. What's interesting here is that I think you have varying reactions to COVID. So I'm going to pause my friend's story for a second because this is, again, one layer to it, right? It's the COVID piece, yeah. It's the COVID piece. So, you know, like people have varying reactions to this. And I joke with some of my clients and clients that use therapy to process COVID and that take it very seriously. Um, And I'll I'll point out, like, they'll be talking about so-and-so who just doesn't get it or this other person who just doesn't, you know. And I'll say, well, keep in mind, there are people who from the very beginning were like, this is over. There were, there were people who in May of 2020 were saying, I should be able to go back out to eat, right? Like mm-hmm. you've had these people from the get-go just who did not want this thing to exist. They have found every reason to ignore it, whatever, yeah. you know, and, and there's dynamics there. Then you have a, a range of people who took precautions and maybe kind of fell off of the precautions over time. Then you have people who still take precautions, but still go ahead and live their lives. Then you have more other extremes where you have people who, you know, are very much housebound and are not yeah. engaging with the world and, they could, they could take precautions. They could, you know, they're vaccinated, you know, so on and so mm-hmm. forth. So you have different degrees. And, of course, someone's health impacts this, you know, this privilege that comes into this. You know, if you yeah. have comorbid conditions, if you have chronic illness, you're much more aware of these things. You're understanding your own risk or that of others. Um, whereas somebody who's maybe been physically healthy their whole life doesn't quite understand that when we don't mask, even in 2024, you know, there's... It's more complicated. There's a risk there. And there's a risk to others. And and I'm not saying this point of this episode is not to say what people should or shouldn't do with COVID. That's a whole other topic. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. even at this phase in COVID, right, you can make the argument that the fewer precautions that you're taking in terms of things like masking, um, there is a risk to others in that. And as a larger society, we have pretty much shifted back to where we were in 2019. You know, most people are not masking. Most people, like, that's just what's happening. That's just the nature of it, right? But that all said, yeah, taking somebody with severe COVID symptoms into a public drugstore, it, there's no point in this pandemic where that's been acceptable. Like, no, right. Okay. That's, 
We don't like it. Yeah, like it's just, just there's no like there's no universe. No, it's, it's like literally like the exact opposite of what one should do. <laughs> right. It's like all the things you shouldn't do. Like you're checking off yeah. those boxes, right? Not to mention, I said this to my friend, and he what was interesting is he didn't take this as like I could tell and I'll share some of my thoughts here in a moment too, in terms of the impact of their their friendship yeah. and dynamics. He didn't seem to really take seriously the impact for him in this. And I said, wait a minute, let me back up for a minute. So your friend wanted you to get in a car with them? Like, and again, like if there was a true medical emergency and for some reason you couldn't call an ambulance and like any one of us, like I would get in a car with someone with COVID if there was like a true medical emergency. Like, you know, I get, you know, if you're physically healthy and, you know, fine, I'll take the hit. But like, this is not, and I, and I, cl- I clarified this too, by the way. I said, well, were they having trouble breathing? Were they having, you know... And he was like, no, like their symptoms were pretty bad. Like they were, you know, I think really congested and they were, they had a fever and they were feeling really lethargic. They wanted to get on this medication, but it didn't seem like they were looking to go to the hospital. And I was like, all right. And then I was like, well, and if, even if they, even if they were having symptoms to where they need to be in a hospital, then yeah, you call an ambulance. You shouldn't be driving them anyway. Right. And that's COVID right. aside. That's just not safe um, yeah. for them, you know? So like, so that was, so that was interesting. So it was like, again, they were kind of in this weird funky gray area but i pointed out to him i was like but yeah so that all said they wanted to get in the car with you and expose you to it and he was like well yeah and he kind of like you could tell he was kind of like sitting with that for like he hadn't really thought about that right he was it sounds like he was more concerned about others in the sense of like oh well they're going to go to this pharmacy and that's not great right right exactly which i mean totally 100 percent there too that's still valid but yeah like the the discounting of themselves yes or himself i'm sorry that's right. So going back to the interpersonal dynamics. So what was interesting here was that apparently the friend was, was again, insinuating the need for this, not directly asking, making comments like, oh, well, you know, if this if the roles were reverse, I would do this for you. Um, making comments about, and this, your question about whether they were partnered was, was a good one because I think making comments about, you know, well, it's different when you're single and you're navigating something like mm-hmm. this versus if you're mm-hmm. partnered, which, you know, totally, I, I believe that. Yes, that is true. Yeah. Sounds valid, it right? Not, I mean, just as a observation it is also almost like textbook passive aggressive communication right yes that's what manipulative mm-hmm. and granted I, I will put the quick little disclaimer of like obviously we were talking about a friend of a friend i don't know them and I, I make these kinds of disclaimers with my clients as well where it's like okay i can't say with certainty that this is what they were going for that's right however just from an outsider's perspective that is kind of how it's landing yeah that's right. Exactly. And in the flavor and with all those disclaimers, right? Can't diagnose. I don't know this person, you know, et cetera. Or they're not my client, certainly. Mm-hmm. But like my first thought was there's a little bit of a borderline flavor there to right. that too. I was like, right. ooh, like, oh my God. Like that sounds very dysfunctional. Like, mm-hmm. and I asked him to, I said, so was that coming up in other parts and other times of the friendship? And he was like, yeah, like, you know, they, 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 they get their way is what he said. They, they tend to get their way and they kind of take pride in that. And, um, yeah, and I was like, oh, gosh. So anyway, so but so back to the, the situation. So, yeah, so they're they're making these insinuations. They're saying, you know, like you said, basically trying to manipulate them into doing this. Um, and um, and then at one point, you know, they, I think so my friend was saying that they made a comment of like, oh, well, you know, if uh, yeah, again, like if this ever were reverse, you know, I really hope that you're never in this position, that this is really hard. So um, apparently my my friend's partner was, this is all in like a group text. So my friend's partner is in this group text and apparently wasn't as like engaged or talkative at first, 
this mm-hmm. starts happening. My friend's at work, so he's saying my responses are kind of hit or miss. Um, mm-hmm. And my friend's saying to me too, he's saying, he's like, I'm, I'm debating if I need to drive this person to, to the drugstore to do this. Oh, he's even considering it. He's considering it, even though he's saying, he's like, I know it's wrong. Like, I know this is really like unreasonable yeah. in like 18 different ways, but like, I'm thinking that I need to do this. And apparently his partner jumps in and sends this voice memo and basically outlines um, and, and again, I have some notes here, but, but basically my friend's saying that his partner basically outlined and was like, listen, like, you know, we're happy to help in any way we can. Um, but, uh, first off, we would never ask you to do this. So kind of gets at that, Good. right? Challenging that I do it for you kind of thing. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so ch- exactly. So, so challenging that notion of it. Um, yeah. and then, and going on to say, you know, yeah, we would never ask you to do that. Um, and also, um, you know, we can try to figure something else out. Have you considered doing like a televisit? Like I was sharing earlier, like that's what a lot of people with COVID do. Have you considered doing a televisit? Da, da, da. Um, and then, um, also went on to say, apparently for my friend that basically said to the person without accusing them, but said, you know, um, are you sure that the medical provider at the pharmacy knows that you have COVID because I don't think any medical provider would recommend you walking into a drugstore with COVID, right? Mm-hmm. Like they would at the very least like hand you a prescription like in your car or whatever. Like they would- Yeah, like the drive-through pharmacies or something. Yeah, and I don't know if he went into those examples, but basically my friend was like, he basically like was given these alternatives. Like, you know, we could do this or this. Like, you know, that doesn't sound right. And, but wasn't saying in a way like, oh, well, you didn't disclose this, which- I'm guessing the friend probably didn't. Um, mm-hmm. That's just my guess. But um, but was basically saying, yeah, maybe they just don't fully understand or maybe they missed something. Uh, but make sure that they know that you have it because I'm sure that would impact how they could – that would impact the accessibility here. Um, it's actually really nice to communicate, it sounds like. That's what it sounds like. And this is, again, all through my friend, right? But yep. this is what my friend's yeah, presenting. We have some conjecture here, but – We have some conjecture. It doesn't yep. sound like, like you lied, you haven't told – you know, it wasn't the shame-based, you, you, you. It doesn't sound like it was particularly attacking. That's right. And the pause there for a second, right? So with the boundary setting, right? That's exactly, I'm thinking, okay, we're using I statements, right? Are we, right. you know, um, and it sounds like, it sounds like his partner did that. It sounds like he kept it very much on like, this is not what we would do. This is not what we're okay with. This is what, you know, mm-hmm. we can do. Um, mm-hmm. And was trying to give some alternatives and help problem solve. So then my friend reported that long story short, um, the person basically was like, yeah, no, I'm good. I'm fine. And then like ceased communication at that point canceled they were supposed to get groceries later on canceled that said nope don't have to get me groceries don't have to do it nope nope and then my friend was saying how they had checked in with this person at one point the friend a few days later said yeah no I'm, i've been managing but like very clearly was like wow. you know like wow yeah so like then severed. It severed yeah that's what it sounded like it severed yes so then about a week and a half goes by or so maybe two weeks um uh, from what he said and he shares that the friend then reaches out to him and says, okay, I'm, you know, per guidelines, I should be okay to free to hang out. And so my friend says, says to them and goes, um, okay, you know, that, that sounds great. You know, let's get together. Uh, by the way, I want to talk about what happened. And oh. I, right. So, you know, looking to set boundaries, hopefully here, you know, yeah, right, uh, finally. Right. like we need to rehash, not rehash this. I don't mean that in the sense of like, let's go through it and restart it, but more right. so like, let's reflect on this. There, right. I was, at the very least, it sounds like for your friend, yep. I was uncomfortable. Yep. 
I yeah. like we need to have a discussion. That's wonderful. You yep. love that challenging avoidance. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And it sounded yeah. like and what my friend was explaining, he was like, you know, at this point, because he had some time to reflect when his friend was sick because they weren't engaging. And he yeah. was and again, keep in mind, like the expectation up to them getting sick was like we hang out every day, you know, you help mm-hmm. me with these things. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. You know, I need you here at this time. And, you know, there's that expectation that you show up and blah, blah, blah. So, like, very strict, very um, – I, I, hearing it, honestly, Emma, I was like, this sounds like a very kind of enmeshed, entangled friendship yeah. here. Like, yep. almost like um, – it's not like a dysfunctional marriage here. Yeah. Which was – like that codependency almost. And my friend was very clear that they were never romantic. There was never any kind of element of that. Okay. They were just friends, yeah. right? Um but yeah, like exactly, like a codependent, like very, like, you know, the lack of boundaries and then the, the, and then the rigidity piece. It's mm-hmm. just, I don't know, it very much, yeah, I, I saw that as well. So um, he was basically like, you know, I, I was hoping to maybe have a larger conversation about the friendship and expectations, right? So yeah, discussing what happened with this, but not even getting lost on like, you know, should I or should I not have driven you? It, it's more so like, what are the expectations of our friendship and how can we manage this better? And yeah. um and apparently, again, for his report, he uh, he says that his friend was basically like, I, I don't want to talk about it. Uh, we're not going to agree on it, and I don't want to talk about it. I, I don't, I don't want to talk about it. So, yeah, so my, my friend explained that at that point, they kind of went back and forth over text a little bit, that I guess it was, you know, it was it was kind of, it was basically him saying, well, I'm really, you know, again, per his report, I'm, I'm really, you know, sorry to hear that because there's some important issues I think we need to address. You know, they're basically saying, you know, you don't know what it's like, you know, you don't know what I just went through. You don't know what it's like to have COVID like this. Um, you know, you don't know, you know, what it's like having to do this as a single person, uh, uh, so on and so forth. And then my friend basically saying, you know, yeah, I don't know. But again, what you were asking was not reasonable. So they kind of started to get into it over text. And my friend was saying that's really not what he wanted. He wanted to either do this over the phone or in person because this was not going to go well over text. Right, right. Um, and he says that at some point he stopped responding is what he said, um, that they, mm-hmm. he just stopped engaging with the text, kind of sat on it for a weekend. And then the following week sent, sent them an email and basically said, you know, listen, like, you know, um, it sounds like we're both having reactions to this. Um, it sounds like, you know, um, you know, I, and I think he, my friend was saying that he told this friend of his, you know, I consider you family. That doesn't change. At the same time, you know, we do have to have, I think, a conversation. It sounds like that's not an option right now. Um, so at this point, it sounds like we both need some space and we need to, you know, and well, I think he even said, I think he said that he said that he needed to take a break. I think he, he was like, you know, I was trying to own this. Ooh, yeah, I'm trying to, like, I, I need to take space. Like the ownership of, like, this is what I need as yeah. opposed to, you know, how can I frame it to benefit them? Like, sometimes we do just need to prioritize our own well-being. Exactly. And you need to be direct. Like, you're the one, yeah. even if you think they're completely in the wrong, you're yeah. still having to say what your needs are with it, you right. know? Um, yes. Totally. So he was he was explaining that that's what he was trying to do in it, at least. And then basically said, you know, and then I guess I guess what he said at the end or, or later on in the email was he said, he goes, you know, but as far as like, because I guess he was saying that in their back and forth um, that this person was also saying that the message from their partner was very aggressive and very hurtful. And oh. my friend was very much like, he's, he's like, listen, I listened and re-listened to that message. And, and granted, this is his partner, right? So I'm sure he's biased towards his partner. So, yeah, most likely. Right, even if it was aggressive or even was somewhat aggressive, you know, mm-hmm. my friend's probably not a great judge of that. Um, but he was very assistant. He's like, but I'm telling you, like, it was really not. And if you heard it, like, you know, my partner did a pretty good job, 
you know, explaining this. So, um, so he's, he basically said that in the email too. He said, you know, I listened to the message and, you know, I think actually, so this is, this is what really got me. So my friend goes, he goes, I, I, I said, you know, what my, what my partner said was, did not come across as aggressive and more so it's something I should have said to you a long time ago. It's, it's something, something along those lines. Like I should have expressed this. Um, Mm -hmm. and honestly he said, um, uh, my partner was a better friend to you that day than I was. And Oh, oh, like drop. And then, and basically, I guess that was near the end of the email from what he said. And that oh was it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. What? You know, yeah. you know, like I have that reaction, which I have no basis for, but I don't know if you've gotten to see this much with, with mm-hmm. any of your clients in particular, but I will see it where there can be this moment of like blossoming growth for clients after mm-hmm. they've been uh, quote unquote punished with silence. Mm-hmm. Where yes. like, you know, that person that they're engaging in these dynamics with punishes them with the silent treatment for a week or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to say that that is not upsetting yeah. at times. Plenty of the time, it is very upsetting. Absolutely. But I've seen it happen so often where, like, my clients get their punishment period of time mm. where they're not being talked to. And after that week, they're kind of like, yeah, no, that was actually a lovely week for me. I was mm. so much less stressed. I yes. felt more at peace. And it helped me realize that, like... Mm. I do need some of these boundaries because my life can be a lot more restful than it is when I'm engaging in these dynamics with this person. And again, I cannot say that is what happened for your friend, obviously. Mm -hmm. But I kind of wonder how much that distance was like healing slash restorative for him, you know? Yeah, that's a great, great point. I will say, um, and I've gotten through my notes here, so that's, you know, so going off of my memory and conversations, my friend was basically pointing out that... um, for him that there was some of that that he was basically saying that there was a little bit of almost like relief right of like i'm not and he was saying this that this was more so after he set the boundary like after he sent that because e- i and that's why i told him i said you know send that email was a major boundary for you right yeah. it sounds like there was there were elements of that you needed to get to before um but that yeah that you you know you you said that you know you 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 made that move and he said that after he did that there was a sense of like oh, I'm not beholden to this. And then it kind of clicked for him. He was saying how, um, and he really hesitated to use a word abusive. And I know we deal with this with clients too, mm-hmm. right? Where the yep. client's not labeling it that, but you're sitting there going, this is checking some of the boxes. Yep. And you don't, want, you don't want to define that for them. So I didn't want to do that here for him. I didn't want to define that for mm-hmm. him. But I was kind of like, you know, yeah, like once you did that, suddenly he said it became very clear how much I was operating in that. Like I was mm-hmm. at this person's mercy all the time. And one other quick thing I'll share, I'm just thinking of it too. He he had also mentioned at one point that, near, this is near the end, but in other conversations outside of the whole COVID debacle and other things, he said that his friend was bringing up, that this was coming up more and more, like in the last, like, I don't know how long he said, but last, so, you know, recently, X amount of time, X amount of time in their friendship, bringing up this concept of, you know, having friends that you can call at three in the morning when something's wrong, like bringing that up, like, like fairly frequently and I don't know how frequent but like he was like this came up several times and at the time he he, he was saying he's like at the time he's like I felt like I I needed to like make sure that I was that friend for them and I felt like I was but I I wanted to like I wanted them to know that I was and I felt like and it was almost like there was this and I think they were saying that their friend wasn't necessarily questioning that they were or weren't but like what he was reflecting on afterwards was like this was a test this was them (laughs) reminding me what their expectations were and that I better be at their that definition home. of friendship. Their definition of friendship. Very high. Like, yes, I need. Yes. A hundred percent reliability, which yes. sidebar. 
whenever I have clients that are having expectations like that, I'm challenging the heck out of that. Because mm. there's no, you can't control if I'm in the shower and you call. That doesn't mean <laughs> right. I have a bad friend. It just means I value my cleanliness. You yes, know, like, yes. Yeah, my phone is silenced tonight because I value my sleep too. You know, yes. like people are allowed to prioritize themselves. We can't be 100% available all the time. Yeah, that's right. So like, yeah, no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. 100%. And, and, and we talked a little bit about that. And I think that part he sees, right? So he is struggling, I think, with seeing, like I said, I think the level of how maybe kind of abusive this friendship was. Again, yeah. my, my wording, and if he's listening, you know, but, um, <laughs> you know, but like, you know, he's struggling with that. And like I said, he was struggling with even the impact for him with the whole COVID thing. But yeah. that piece, he seemed to really like, he, he was like, you could tell he had really reflected on it. It was like, yeah, like, I was really beholden to this and these expectations were not reasonable. And he was like, these aren't reasonable in any friendship or even, even a marriage or, or relationship. Like these, this was not like, in the fact that I was constantly having unrealistic. And he's like, the fact that I'm having to constantly prove myself to this person. Um, So that was, that was, and like you said, that growth, I I loved how you said that because I think that's happening here for him, right? Like that afterwards, it was like, oh, it kind of like, and I told him too. And I said, "I, I don't know this person, but I said, I bet you, they had no idea that you were going to do that. I bet oh, you. Gosh, absolutely. I bet you they were, and they really shouldn't have been caught off guard for how they were treating you, but I bet you they had no idea. I bet you they yeah. thought that that was just, they could just do that until, you know, mm-hmm. the cows come home mm-hmm. and then you do it. And it's like, and he kind of chuckled. He was like, yeah, no, I think you're, you're right about that. I think he did. You know, I think, I think that this person did, uh, didn't expect it. Um, you know, even though he said he was like, you know, I have tried to set boundaries um, mm-hmm. at other points. And I, he kept saying, like, I could have I could have done it more. There are times that I could have and I didn't. There are times I could have spoken up and I didn't. But there were times that we did have conversations and we seemed, you know, that person seemed receptive. And, you know, we talked yeah. about the kind of the pressure in the friendship and, you know, yeah. kind of joked about it at times, too. But, um, yeah, they yeah, they my friend seems to seems to be growing from it and seems to be doing pretty okay. Oh, that's so beautiful. But yeah, that, so yeah, I mean, and I appreciate us commenting on this, on this case study as we talk about it. Yeah. Other thoughts though, uh, this all said. So I I had a thought partway through that I just want to acknowledge because I realized how off-putting some of my reactions may seem to listeners. Mm. I just want to clarify, I'm having a conversation with my friend and colleague right now about (laughs) dynamics and stuff yeah. just to be clear i'm not like actually in my sessions like oh oh my god <laughs> <laughs> yeah well and same here just just to clarify that too yeah my, my reaction to my friend were in line with how we're talking i'm like yeah. wait so you said this right or you you pointed yeah. that out right but like i wouldn't do that with a client right yeah. that's not no. not how you hold that space that's not how you never yeah no. No. um and, <laughs> oh, i'm sorry i do want to just clarify that sure oh my gosh it sounds like such a, first off, I, I think at the beginning you were acknowledging like boundary setting and dynamics like these are, you know, pretty stinking common mm. in your case, one at least. Mm-hmm. 100% mine too. I, mm. I have joked with other colleagues, like I cannot think of any client I've ever worked with ever, unless it was for, you know, like you know, a session before, like I'm thinking of our previous job where sometimes clients would, would um, AMA from treatment. Um, so maybe not some of those, but in general, I don't think I've ever had a client that I have not discussed boundaries and like provided psycho ed about boundaries mm. and role played boundary setting. Like yes. boundaries are just, 
the standard of treatment that I'm providing to anybody yes. because it seems to be such a reoccurring dance, which makes sense because, you know, everyone's boundaries can be different and there is the dance of, of any kind of a relationship to figure out how two people's boundaries align and all of that fun stuff. But these dynamics feel like a conglomeration of all of the sessions mm -hmm. I've ever had discussing that. Like, it seems like such yeah. a universal experience, which is mm -hmm. just as a side note, kind of a cool one to for us to start off with. Yeah. Just about for any listeners, they can probably map in like, okay, maybe not the, maybe I don't have the COVID slide to it, but you know, I can think of my friend Jane Doe over here or John Schmo, and they also engage with me that way. What do I need to reflect yeah. on here? Yep. Um, yep. So, oh my gosh, it is such a common difficulty for so many people. Mm -hmm. The prioritization of our own needs mm. is the biggest takeaway here from just from yeah. my reactions. Yeah. It does sound like, and you know, if your friend is listening, no, no overstepping your judgment, but just mm -hmm. like it sounds like for your friend, there is this level of neglect mm -hmm. of themselves, mm -hmm. right? Which, yeah. of course, we have to acknowledge that is relatively frequent within an abusive relationship where we feel like we're walking on eggshells and just trying to maintain the peace. Yeah. Um, but there is such a neglect of just like your friend's own needs and mm -hmm. safe, like legitimate safety in yeah. the case of this yes. COVID side of things. Like that's right. That is a very significant concern, presuming your friend does not want COVID. Yeah. Um, it's such a huge step. Like I, I don't know. I don't know your friends. I'm hopeful for them. I just, I feel happy for them. Yeah. And I think, and that's what's like you said, there's that growth piece, which ends up being this real silver lining in these things, right? Like yeah. we, and I'll say this to clients with, with other examples or even with boundary stuff, but like, I'll, I'll preface it like, Hey, I would never wish this upon you just to be clear. Like, this is not yeah. something that as someone I'm working with, I would ever want to see for you. I'm so sorry that you're in this and dealing with this. And as a silver lining, here's the growth yeah. that I'm seeing. And, and exactly like, in the, and you can almost feel kind of like, Hey, like, by the way, though, you manage that very well and you can, yeah. you know, uh, support that and, and, and sit with them in that, um, yeah. which is great. Um, yeah. with both friendships and with clients, that's something where. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of smiling and like giggling in my head because I'm just thinking of that concept as therapists who are also human beings, mm -hmm. this sense of like, oh, you can do this, you know, in friendships and clients and how common that is like a phrase that at least for me and my social circles of other therapists, we say that a lot. Yeah, as yes. A, like as a friend and a therapist, I blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yep. And there are those, those places where that does overlap because we all, you know, oh, yeah. we spend a lot of time making those distinctions and saying, you know, yep. well, as a friend, I you know, say this, but mm -hmm. as a therapist, I wouldn't, you know, but in this mm -hmm. case, exactly, that there was some overlap there. Um, and I was going to say too, one of my main takeaways with it, in addition to everything you just said, um, I think just escalation of boundaries, right? So like yeah. what happens, and I think this was a great example where, mm -hmm. I mean, in some ways it kind of went from zero to 60, but also you see that progression where, okay, the, the, the issues are happening, um, you know, and then boundaries are set and then, like you said, there's that sort of passive aggressive, which I, I mean, that's what I, and my friend kept saying, he's like, well, they were really sick. And I, you know, and I'm like, well, I'm sure they were. I yeah. said, but and I, I did go, I said, and again, this is the friend talking, not a therapist. Yeah. I go, <laughs> I, I was like, do you like, do you happen to like see that they were like, were, are you connected on social media? Oh yeah. Yeah. Were they online? Yeah. Yeah. I, I saw the, I saw like green dots. I knew that they were, I'm like, okay. So they were on their phone, but they weren't talking to you the whole time. So yeah, they were really sick. I believe they were 
bedridden, whatever. Yeah, 100%. Whatever it was, yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. Give them all the benefit of the doubt. Um, Mm -hmm. But it sounds like they were probably talking to people and they weren't talking to you. And so so when I hear that, I'm like, and like you said, Emma, I'm like, that's probably a punishment, passive-aggressive piece. But basically, like, you see this escalation of boundaries, right? Where, okay, you set the boundary, then there was this dysfunctional response to it. Then you attempt to revisit and discuss the boundary again. There yeah. and in this case, I mean, and it's funny too. I told, <laughs> I told my friend this. I actually have not had a client share a story with me where somebody outright refused to talk about it. I actually have not. I've had it where their mom, brother, whoever would deflect, or yes. or there there would be barriers to therapy. Like they won't. Oh, I can't do mm-hmm. joint therapy because of this or this. Or I want to talk to you, but not with a therapist. Or I want to like like. There, yes. There's ways that they're refusing to talk about it indirectly. I've never heard of a case where somebody outright said, no, no, we're not going to review. I'm, and as a therapist, I was a little bit like, I didn't even know that was possible. Like, I didn't know people <laughs> did that. Is that allowed? Is that a, I mean, and of course it is. But, like, I never yes. thought of that. I'm like, oh, yeah, my, this yeah. person really told you just flat out no? And he was like, yeah, they would not talk about it. And I'm like, I, I, oh, it, ooh. It's, it's bold. I it's bold. Who yeah. have been told no? Yeah, I have also conversely have had folks who are saying no. Yeah. Um, honestly, I would even give the friend's uh, friend, the problematic friend, a little bit of leeway if they could have negotiated a little bit more, right? Because mm. I'm all for you know if yes. you if you recognize that something has to be talked about, but you don't have the capacity in this one very moment. Yes. Yes. Cool. But I still have an obligation to communicate that, right? Yes. Like, hey, no, I'm sorry, friend. Or yes, I, I recognize we need to talk about it, but I do not have the capacity right now. Can we revisit this next week? Yeah. Or tomorrow. 100%. Or whatever. 100%. I would give leeway there. 100%. Right? That is negotiating. Of course. Yep. No. Yep. We will not. <laughs> yep. I can I will not. Yep. I mean, you mentioned actually that they're a very rigid person. That's the rigidity. And I've been the tone setter for this friendship. Mm-hmm. Again, I am making some, some leaps. I can't say this with certainty, but it's mm-hmm. like, I've been the one who defines what we do or do not do. Yeah. And I'm just going to say no. And I expect that that will be uh, respected because yeah. it is my way or the highway after all. Yep. That's right. That's right. Oh. Yep. And I think that's just some great distinctions there. Like, and I was thinking too, after I, I made that, that assertion in terms of, you know, someone just saying no to, you know, talking it through. I have had it, it happen where on the flip side where the person who, again, being receiving of that abuse or receiving of those dynamics, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe attempted to negotiate, talk, da, 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 you know, and over a course of years and reaches a point where they're like, nope, I am disconnecting from this person. I am done. And then that person yes. tries to reach out to talk about it. And then they, I've had that. And that's different. Like if you reach a certain. That's different for yeah. sure. Yeah. In this case, my, as my friend said, that their friend wanted to reconnect, wanted to hang out. So clearly there was a mutual desire to want to move forward, but mm-hmm. just with the understanding that we would not talk about it. Right. Yeah, no. This one's off bounds. And that's what was so weird to me. And I'm like, I mean, it would make more sense if they had just like, if your friend had ended up, had ended the friendship with you right there. Like I would have expected that over, yeah, we can, you know, we'll resume, but we're going to pretend like nothing happened. Like, yeah. Oof. But people. Uh, that's so invalidating. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so there's that progression of boundaries where then yeah. eventually my friend was in that position of, okay, if we can't address it, then I guess we can't engage at this point. And yeah. then, you know, doing that and then, you know, and they're saying that they haven't heard from this person since. Um, there's been, yeah. there's been no follow-up. Um, so, yeah. So I mean, we'll see. And, 
you know the follow-up that the or the final thought that really comes to mind for me is just like the permission to still grieve a boundary that benefits us mm. you know like because if it's friend if mm. they're they set this boundary they have not you know if this happened in the fall we are i mean we're a couple days away from february it's mm-hmm. been months yeah and depending if you know it could kind of be a a forever thing and i know yeah. that's that's an extreme but like yep. from now forever this could be the reality yeah and you know you mentioned this friend had years and years of friendship we're still allowed to grieve that yeah. right because we're still yes. probably even if it got to a point where the relationship was you know perhaps could be called abusive and i don't want to label that for your friend but there mm-hmm. are some mm-hmm. uh, yeah. at the very least the friendship was imbalanced and um lacking some levels of safety yeah yeah there were still probably some really beautiful moments of the friendship mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's okay to grieve that at least with the evidence we have right now those beautiful moments do not get to get repeated yeah you know like yeah. i know i said that in a very wordy way but just no. like grieving is okay even if we set the boundary exactly 100 percent. and i think that's such a great and a, and a major component of this work too right especially when the boundary leads to a more extreme and like you said whether or not they ever talk again this extreme level of but we're disconnecting now right and yeah. it's gonna be forever so when someone reaches that point i'm talking more in general terms now but when someone reaches that point and i've had this conversation with clients too like you have to be mindful that there can be various grieving components and even if that was the right call and in this case mm-hmm. you know i think it was for for him but even if it was the right call exactly like especially if there were aspects of that friendship that and he was saying that there was i mean they were very close um they had a lot of experiences together they traveled a lot together so like he was he was sharing this he's like you know yeah we have this whole history and like yeah like you're gonna mourn that that's that's and that can look like a lot of different things and there's no right right or wrong way to do that but but that it's okay that that is part of it um so no i think it's a great great piece to add on there because i think there can be the sense of like nope i'm supposed to just be angry and just be okay with it and you know it's like no like you you need to process that and it's anger can be part of that too but you need to process that whatever that is yeah yeah because i think that's one of the things that stands out most in my work with clients when they get to that point of you know cutting people off is Mm. i know the phrase is tossed around a lot but like oh i'm gonna cut this person off and it's like cool great you know i'm saying cool great in the sense of like we've done a lot of work around it we've tried to set and maintain the boundaries they they have reached a point where it is very legitimately like okay i feel like i have no other options Mm. other than cutting this person off yeah so it's it's not like an impulsive decision or performative or whatever they cut this person off and don't, I mean, again, in our work together, I like to think that I have them pretty well prepared for the fallout and what that means and the grief that comes along with that. But it's interesting how uncommon it's, I think it's increasing now, but how uncommon it is to acknowledge the grieving side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I mean, yeah. I'm sure your friend, maybe even without having to be told, mm-hmm. realized that, you know, like it sounds like, Mm-hmm. I mean, it sounds like he's a pretty self-aware, like, reflective guy. It sounds like his partner is pretty solid. Like, yeah. you yeah. know, he's friends with a therapist, and I feel like everyone who's friends with a therapist does get an automatic, like, <laughs> we rub off on him in a way. Yes, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> There's some benefits. Yep. Um, so, you know, presumably they have some of that already in mind, but mm. yeah, the grieving is rough, or can be rough. That's right. That's right. 
Yeah, and I appreciate that because I'll I'll um I'll follow up with him more on that piece too because that we didn't really get as much into. You know, it was mm-hmm. very like boundary centered. Like, how did you handle this? Like, what happened? And um, yeah. so it was a lot more into that. And like I said, they seem to be doing you know fine. But a hundred percent, I think I'm gonna just on a friend level. You know, I'm mm-hmm. gonna bring that back to him and you know make yeah. sure we're holding space there. But no, hundred percent, Emma, I fully agree. All of that, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was our first case study. Yeah. That was kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, that was. No, I appreciate us going through that. Um, mm-hmm. And if I mean, I can't. And I, you know, in the general sense, I appreciate your friend. Like, not whether or not yeah. they listen. That's just, I'm glad that they gave us permission to talk about it. Same. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And like we shared before, you know, we'll, we'll get examples from, you know, we can pull examples from our own lives. We can pull it from people yeah. that we know. We can, you know, and again, never with any identifying info or anything like yeah. that but um you know we'll continue to do this and we do invite our listeners to please you know message you can message us message us on instagram at the common mm-hmm. sense instagram page um also if you follow my private practice you can message us there too um but basically yeah feel free to message us directly if you have any stories or examples you want us to talk about review um we might have some i might have some questions follow-up questions if people do mm-hmm. reach out um but oh, yeah fun. yeah but we'll gather data and we'll present it here and go over it yeah oh that would be great yeah no pressure folks no pressure though no pressure of course (laughs) of course we'll we'll find material there's there's plenty out there (laughs) (laughs) well thank you emma thank you tim this was awesome yeah thank you we'll wrap it up for today thank you for listening thank you buddy